You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I am Coach Jen from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Kayla Benny, also from Ocala, Florida. And you are listening to the monthly Total EquiHealth podcast on Horses in the Morning uh, on the Horse Radio Network for November 29th, episode 3068. This episode is a special episode of Horses in the Morning on the fourth Thursday of every month brought to you by Total EquiHealth. However, you are going to be listening to this on the 5th Tuesday because we happen to fall on Thanksgiving for the fourth Thursday. So I'd like to say happy Thanksgiving, all the things. Good morning, Horse World. Hey, you made it to the fourth Thursday of the month on Horses in the Morning. Hey, Jen. We have Coach Jen in the house, people. <laughs> yes, I, I, I might forget how to do this. It's been so long. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, uh, the listeners are going to be so excited to hear from you. We need to catch up. How are you? How are I'm your ponies? Doing, I'm doing great. Ponies are doing fine. It's November in Ocala, so it's actually gotten chilly enough to cause the horse's fur coats to kind of stick out. I love it when they get velvety. Oh, yes. Because the hair all sticks out. Uh, get so all that's floofy. Been, and all floofy. So yeah. that's been kind of fun. I had to give I had to give Scooter a haircut. Aw. How long um, does it take you to clip him? He's so small. He's so tiny. If I'm giving him a full body clip from lips to tail, it's going to be probably two hours. And I'm a terrible clipper. Oh, I have clipped too. plenty of horses. <laughs> I I do a, at least a couple every year. So maybe that maybe not zillions but a couple. Uh, and I'm terrible. Invariably they look like somebody clipped them with a pair of pruning shears or something. <laughs> like I'm a, bad. Like a kid using their scissors for the first time. <laughs> yes, you know, you know in in kindergarten and they give you those scissors that have the the red or green rubbery handles on them that really don't <laughs> cut anything. That's what it looks like. So Scooter is oh, always no. a little bit embarrassed. After I oh, give him a haircut. No. Yeah, but well, I I clip and I'm very spoiled to say that I I now I allocate you pay that out. To do it, don't you? I allocate that out. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Only because I'm OCD and honestly, it would take me four hours what someone can do in an hour and a half to two hours. Yeah. And because I'll just go over and I just nitpick, nitpick and my horses, it's not fair to them. They get mad at you. They're like, go away. And I'm like, that's fair. <laughs> it's really he loves fair. getting clipped. He loves it. His oh. eyes roll back in his head. His he's little like, lips, Ooh. his little lips twitch. Cause he's, he's naturally itchy. He has yes. dry skin and he has allergies. So the, the clippers on his skin just feel fantastic. He's so like he a little really massage, like a little, little pony massage. Yeah. He loves Aww. it. But uh, oh. yeah, he got a, he got his hair cut in anticipation of him going to his very first competition of any sort. <gasps> wow, with you or with with Glenn? Glenn? 
Well, Glenn will be there, but Glenn will not be participating in the competition. Okay. I was going to be like, wow, you got him to compete. In no, he doesn't. He doesn't have a competitive bone in his body when it comes to his <laughs> pony. We're, we're, I entered him in a little uh, obstacle course competition, but they have an in-hand class. Oh. So I can take cool. Scooter. And Scooter loves this stuff. And he's, a, he's Mr. Adventure Pony. Anything that's new and different, he's all over it. So I'm, I'm looking and, he, and we're going to be a hot mess. He's going to step on my toe. He's not going to turn <laughs> when he's supposed to. He's going to try to eat grass. He's going to spook at something and pull the end of the lead rope. He's going to be a hot mess, but I'm so looking forward to it. So when is this? This is December 3rd. So sh- <gasps> shortly after we post. Yep. Okay. Okay. So you're going to have to update everyone, at least on the auditor page. Yes. Um, on the auditor page. Glenn, yes. Glenn knows that he is in charge of video. Okay. Yeah. All right. Make sure it's a good video. <laughs> Maybe be, I should come. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should come. I feel like Glenn's going to be nervous for his pony. Um, I think he's going to be nervous that that I I don't embarrass him. Because <laughs> a lot of times these obstacles, if you're not familiar with with these obstacle competitions, they're very popular, uh, and they have they'll have a little wooden bridge that you have to walk your horse yep. over. And they will have logs or poles arranged in a fan arrangement that you have to go around. They have an L-shaped made out of ground poles that you have to back through. Those are the sorts of things. But frequently, um, pool noodles are a common item to make an obstacle out of. Uh, Shower curtains, see a lot of those. Umbrellas. Not not all that uncommon. All sorts of things. So I'm going, eh, is he going to spook at any of this stuff? And when he does spook, he gets over it really quickly. But it's it's just going to be hot. <laughs> oh, my God. But I'm excited. This is our first trip out camping with the horses in the, the LQ, so, which is the whole purpose. Yes. So where, where are you going? It's at um, Gothi Forest, which is... West heard of, of Ocala. It, that's okay. one of, it's one of the many, many state, national, federal parks, woodlands, etc. This one's on the west side of Ocala. And for folks who are familiar with Ocala venues, it's right up the street from Black, Black Prong, which is where they have all of the big driving competitions. Oh, cool. So, so uh, this one's actually being held at a camp, an equestrian campground. And the equestrian campground has equestrian camping. But they also have a giant arena, and they have a little obstacle course, and they have round pens, and they have proper barns. So it's it's a it's part horse show venue, part campground, which is why they can do it there. Neat. So, yeah, so that's where it's going to be, and we'll be camping with the ponies. But we can do that because they've got stalls, and we can tuck them in there. I'm I'm going to call and make sure that they have actual doors and not just stall guards. <laughs> You're like, because yeah. I, I will have to bring straw bales and plywood if, if that is the you case. Know that. It's open. You know that! <laughs> You're like, and it's going to be straw bales on the outside so that he doesn't climb up them to get out. <laughs> He's gotten this thing going now. I bought, when we were out in Texas this last time, we went out for our, our abbreviated 2022 road trip. And we were out in Texas, Texas, and we went to, I think it's called Teskey's, mm-hmm. giant uh, football field-sized tack and horse supply store out there. And the only thing we bought was a halter. But we bought Scooter a rope halter. I was so excited to find one in a little tiny size. 
I don't know how he does it because I've never actually witnessed it with my eyeballs, but he's figured out how to take it off. <gasps> yeah. So I bring him down to do something with him in the grooming area and I tie him up and I turn around and he's not there. <laughs> There's just a halter. The smart horses, man. So we had, so Doki, my big jumper um, that I talk about a lot. Cause he's, How big is your big jumper? My big jumper is almost 18 hands for the people okay. that don't know. Um, I'm, I'm the tiny little human, little peanut on my almost 18 hand jumper. But he is literally the smartest horse I've ever met. Minus Scooter, but you know. Um, the little ones, they're very, very smart and they're witty and they're quick. Doki's a little bit slower. He's not that slow, but what he's figured out, because we have these swinging latches on our, our door. So there's like a cover. And if you swing that up, it's it's the same kind of latch if you've been to the World Equestrian Center. So it's like the there's a latch that swings down. But if you swing that up, then you can pull the other latch out of the little um right-handed like uh right and i don't know how to describe it but it sits in like a little slot and so it all is swinging um he's figured out how to open it and then he shoves his door open and he has let himself out a couple nights um and because he's big our our barn backs up to the perimeter fence but it's about um like four feet from the perimeter fence. He has, I got a call from my groom one morning. I was like on my way already. And she was like, um, her English is not great. And she's like, ah, uh, Doki, Doki is stuck. And I was like, what do you mean stuck? She's like, ah, uh, he, he had put himself behind the barn, but he oh, couldn't he turn around. The barn the yeah. He couldn't <laughs> turn around. So he's just in between. I mean, he's not like stuck, stuck. It's not like he's, but he couldn't he figure out that stuck. he had to back yes. himself out. <laughs> so he's just back there. And uh, so she crawled back there, managed to get back there and back him up. And by the time I got back there, you know, he's he's fine. There's no scratches. But we didn't know how long he'd been out. You know, there was there was a lot of questions. So we had to go around and and put pins down at the bottom of our our doors that out of his reach because he can actually he reaches down and tries to wiggle the pins now he knows where they are um but luckily we and i measured i like held a carrot on the other side of the thing and saw how low he could actually go and we just put it like three inches lower than that oh my God. and so because he's they're just too smart well they, it's like, they, they have nothing better to do with their time than figure no. stuff out right exactly well and we're keeping them locked up and so they're just thinking about how to get out and Oh my gosh, that's funny. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, see, they're they're motivated. They find yeah. ways to stay motivated. Today's show is all about motivation, staying, staying motivated, <laughs> fighting off the blues, right? Uh, because I need... this, yeah, this time of year, especially once the clocks change, oh, it's hard on so many levels. Oh my gosh, it's I I can't function when the clocks change. This time change is for the birds. Because I, as soon as it goes dark, I'm like, it's midnight. I have to go to bed. <laughs> I look out and I'm like, it's no, it's six o'clock. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And and we're lucky down in Florida because it's still it's lighter for longer. You know, up north uh -huh. um, when I was in Maryland, it would start getting dark at four, four thirty. And I thought I needed to go to bed. 
And so, you know, I know what it feels like to to really feel I mean, seasonal depression is a real thing. Yes, it is. And, um, you know, I'm no therapist or psychologist, um, but, you know, I am an experiencer of life. (laughs) And uh, I have experienced a lot of these these woes and the weather, the weather really affects me. That's actually one of the reasons why I finally bit the bullet and was like, I have to go to Florida. I have to stay in Florida because this weather just sends me for a loop. Yeah. Well, and for, for me, it's actually, I've always been one of those people. I I always thought I was reincarnated from a a bear or something because I'm one of those people, regardless of what time of year it is, if it's dark, I need to be sleeping. Yep. But is it any easier? Cause the, you still get very little daylight in the middle of winter. Is it any easier when the weather is cold than when the weather is warm? You've lived in both. What do you think? Um, I still think that it's easier when the weather's warm. Like, so it's, it's still warm down here, you know, compare, like, I I think it's cold now. I'm so soft. I'm like, it it got cold two days ago. It stays above freezing all (laughs) the time. Yes, it does. And, but the other day, my husband was like, what are you wearing? And I was wearing like my down vest and a a trench coat when it was raining (laughs) the other day. And he's like, that you would be wearing that when it's like freezing up North. And I'm like, I am so cold. <laughs> you get used to it. You really and I'm like, I'm so spoiled, but I will say that it's still easier. Like you feel more motive. At least I do. I feel more motivated when I'm warm, when I'm mm-hmm. cold, I am miserable. When you can't feel your fingers, it's yeah. for me, it's time to go South, but you know, for others, they don't get that luxury. So, like, what can we do to to stay motivated? And I think there's some tips and tricks that we can give people. Or, like, you know, if you're feeling um, very down on because maybe you're not reaching a goal, you know, fitness-wise, you're not where you want to be or your horse isn't where you want it to be and stuff like that. You know, there's there's some ways to reconfigure your thought process and maybe you have to shift your goals or do something else. But I, I think between you and I, we've, we've experienced some things and we might be able to give some listeners some tips and tricks and oh, I think so. Um, but I think so. Well, we're going to do that, but first we're going to take a quick break for our title sponsor, which of surprisingly on the total <laughs> EquiHealth podcast, our sponsor is total EquiHealth. Ha <laughs> ha. It's a shocker, that one. <laughs> there you go. And are you interested in your horse's wellness? That's what Total EquiHealth is all about. Do you, do you know what is in the stuff that you feed your horses? Do you know what is in the stuff you put on your horses? <laughs> These are important questions. At Total EquiHealth, they have sought out and selected only quality products that aid in fitness and health and benefit performance for you and your horse. The products that are carried at Total EquiHealth are just for the elite sport horses, but also for your horse. Because your horse, whether he's an elite sport horse, a pasture puff, or somewhere in between, deserves to have the best. And with a health-conscious owner like you, he's going to thrive at Total EquiHealth. You can check them out at Total, the word Total, Equi, E-Q-U-I, health.com. 
And because you're a listener to HRN, you can get a discount. What's the discount? Discount is, wait for it, drum roll please, H-R-N. I didn't leave any time for a drum roll, but. (laughs) (laughs) And before we get to our Equidue moment, we're going to have a little musical interlude. The holidays are right around the corner. It's very nearly December. I think I'm allowed to play a little Templeton Thompson Christmas. Yes. Well, it is after Thanksgiving when this airs, so let's do it. Get in the Christmas spirit. Can't you hear those bells? Can't you hear those bells? Can't you hear those bells? Christmas times are coming. Christmas times are coming. Christmas times are coming, and I know I'm going home. Snowflakes are falling. My old homes are calling. Tall pines are humming, 'cause Christmas times are coming. Can't you hear those bells ringing, ringing? Joy, joy, hear them singing. When it's snowing, I'll be going back to my country home. Christmas times are coming, Christmas times are coming, Christmas times are coming, and I know I'm going home, yeah. Holly's in the window, home's where the wind blows, you can't walk for running. Christmas times are coming Can't you hear those bells ringing, ringing Joy, joy, hear them singing When it's snowing, I'll be going Back to my country home Back home when Christmas times are coming Can't you hear those bells ringing, ringing Joy, joy, hear them singing When it's snowing, I'll be going Back to my country home Cause Christmas times are coming Christmas times are coming Christmas times are coming And I know I'm going home Christmas times are coming, Christmas times are coming, Christmas times are coming, and Lord, I'm going home. That was Templeton Thompson. You can find all of her music at templetonthompson.com, where you can buy CDs if you want to go old school. And all of Templeton's music is available on all the major streaming services, including iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Pandora, and many, many more. 
templetonthompson.com. And now, time for the Equidu moment. And we have Total EquiHealth's Equidu moment. Our highlighted product for this episode is the Funky Unicorn Electrolyte Cubes. So I know a couple of our listeners, like Charlotte Merrill Smith, um, is a sponsored rider for Funky Unicorn, and I've I've seen uh, on the auditor page a couple other people chat about it. Um, so these are an actual treat with a purpose, um, which you don't really hear about that very often. Um, they're they contain a very small amount of basic electrolytes. The goal of the Funky Unicorn electrolyte cubes is to help stimulate your horse's thirst to maintain hydration and assist with recovery. They come in three different flavors, banana, apple, and mint. Um, They also come in three different sizes. So if you're not really sure if your horse is going to like it, they kind of look like little Altoids. They're really, really cute. And the coloring is, you know, very magical, very unicorn-esque. Very unicorn, yeah. (laughs) I love it. And um, they have a vet that helped formulate the the cubes with them. And the founders are equestrians. They're riders. They're actually Ocala-based, which is really cool. Um, they, But the three sizes are there's anything from the trial size, which is 10 cubes at $2.99. Super affordable. They're, and the, the little container is so adorable. Can you like, say stocking stuffer? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm getting them for everyone. I think that's actually what I'm going to get the barn, all the all the trainers that are at the barn that I'm stabled at. I think that's what I'm going to get them is the little the little minis. Um, those are only two ninety nine. Then we have the actual tub, which comes with one hundred and ten cubes at twenty two ninety nine. Or you can get the trainers pack, which is twenty four ounces of the cubes. It's just a big, huge Ziploc baggie pretty um <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know Again, how to describe it's very, that. It's very, yeah, very pretty um at 58 dollars um and so that's like for a barn pack you know if if you want to supply just have a huge supply on hand um and they're really great also i like them because they're hard candies um candy types and you can put them in your pocket so like after you come out of competition you know i like to give doki um and kensington my two big horses uh treats right after we finish before we leave the ring you know as a as a prize but i'd rather give them this where then we go back to the barn and they drink um yeah so and and my horses love them um but if you want to just grab a mini and make sure your horses like them or try all the different flavors to see which one your horse loves. Um, they come in those three flavors, apple, mint, and banana, uh, which is great. I used to have a horse that loved bananas. And then I found out that he was PSSM. Um, so he couldn't have sugar, which bananas are so high in sugar. Um, and I wish these were around when I had him because I would have just given him these instead. And then they would have actually been purposeful. There you go. <laughs> There you go. We'll go to totalequahealth.com and you can get yourself some funky unicorn electrolyte cubes. Dun, funky dun, dun. unicorn. And they are in the barn and home section and will be in the featured section on the website. There you go. Okay. Time for our main topic, ladies and gentlemen. Drum roll. <laughs> so what, what inspired the topic for the day? 
Well, I've been feeling kind of in a rut myself. So to be quite candid, so Doki's having some health issues. Um, and it's really put me in like a mental rut, you know, when your main horse is, is having some issues. Um, I think we've finally gotten to the bottom of it, but you know, he was kind of presenting kind of mildly colicky at times, like really uncomfortable. Um, after our last Grand Prix is kind of when it started. Um, I got home from Venice, which he jumped amazing. And then, he was really uncomfortable coming off the trailer. Um, turns out that he's having some bladder issues. Um, I was feeding him some alfalfa and it was a little too rich for his tummy, which the calcium buildup was making him uncomfortable. Um, but it, it really puts you like, you know, you start second guessing yourself. Um, you lose a little bit of inspiration. Um, you know, when your day, your days and nights are filled with watching your horse, um, like I bought cameras and I'm actually watching him right now, um, <laughs> as we're recording this podcast. Um, but you, I'm not sleeping, I'm worried, you know, and I think that that's a very realistic topic. You know, we worry about our, our horses, our animals, um, or we're experiencing seasonal depression. Like I don't want to stay up past seven 30, but then I'm staying awake because I have to watch this horse. Um, you know, I'd be up at two or three o'clock in the morning going and checking on him. Um, you know, things like that. So what can we do to keep ourselves fresh? You know, you know, then also with that, I also fall into ruts with my own fitness because I'm not getting the adequate sleep. So, like, how how do we break the cycle of the madness and get ourselves out of just recognizing the negatives in life? And so, I don't know. That was very heavy, but that's that's how I feel. <laughs> Deep stuff. Good golly, I'm exhausted just listening to that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> So it for you it was it was um the the strike point was Doki going through some health issues that were frustrating. Absolutely. And of course you blame yourself. Oh my gosh, I was feeding something that wasn't good for him. Ah! Yeah. And then you just yeah. And you spiral. You're like, "Oh my gosh, like what should I be doing? What should I not be doing?" Um and like how how do you get yourself out of out of those ruts, you know, the, I don't know, Jen, what you've experienced, I know you've experienced this. Of course. Every, I think everybody has horse people or not. That's a toughie for me. I have to let time go by. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit like grieving for me in that, yep. you know, you have to let that happen. Um, and then sometimes from, I'm very lucky in that I get to talk to a lot of very knowledgeable horse people in every imaginable aspect of the horse industry. And I get to do that a lot. Yeah. So I get to bounce things off of them, but something that I've found happens, helps me a lot with my issues when it comes to my horse's management is put it into perspective. Okay. Doki has some issues with foods that have higher calcium. How rare is that? <laughs> Pretty rare, I'm guessing. Yeah. Right? 
Doki is having some problems with foods that are higher in calcium. I feed my horse X amount of alfalfa. How common is that? Probably, especially in Florida, 9.5 horses out of 10 get what he's getting. And that sort of thing helps me because then I go, okay, I don't need to second guess myself. I'm just following the norms. I'm following the industry standard. And every once in a while, you come across a horse, an individual, a situation that falls outside. And then you have to take a step outside the emotional part of your relationship with Doki (laughs) and say, okay, this is a learning experience. Next time I come across the horse that is displaying some kind of symptoms like that, I know to ask that question sooner. And that's the best I can do for, because I, you know, I've had plenty of those. Yeah. <laughs> where, oh man, that was a stupid thing to do. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Was it a stupid thing to do? It was the normal thing to do. I just happened to have a horse that was not able to deal with it. That was very sensitive. And, uh, and like Doki, he's very French and they're very, <laughs> very French. <laughs> he's very French. Um, uh, and uh, so what what was your what's your solution as far as his forage is concerned now that you know that quantities of alfalfa are off the table? Um, I mean, it, we also fed grass hay in conjunction with the alfalfa. So, you mm-hmm. know, now it's just like I mean, it was a very simple. OK, take the alfalfa away. But then you're going through your feeding process. And did you know that almost every stomach supplement has calcium carbonate in it because it's a buffer? I mean, yep. that's why we feed the alfalfa is for the calcium for and for the stomach buffering, right? Because it's go. supposed to be really good for the stomach. So then I'm taking away all of his stomach stuff and and actually stripping even some of the electrolyte because the, the problem is we want him to pee, but we and we want him to be thirsty, but there's a ton of calcium because it's a it's also an electrolyte like you know right. calcium you need, potassium you need a certain magnesium. amount of al- of al- calcium absolutely yeah so are you working with your vet are you working with a nutrition are you working with both luckily one of my vets so i have i have a huge team behind me and i'm very lucky in that way and 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 everything but one of my vets is has her phd in nutrition and she's actually known as the gut doctor Ding, 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 um, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. So, you know, so it. I'm very lucky. So we've we've been able to, but it took a while. I mean, like he was presenting like he was colicking every couple of days. Wow, and, interesting. You know, but he but he wasn't actually call. He would he would send himself into a tizzy, and he would start to get gassy because he was so uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. So you know. So it was starting to to head that way. Um, but that wasn't the root cause. So it was like, okay, now we need to find out why he's doing this. Now, was it an analysis, a urine analysis, a blood test? So um, the urine analysis we actually just got, because do you know how hard it is to catch a horse, horse peeing? <laughs> <laughs> you need to find somebody who used to work at the racetrack. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, it was just like, and then we actually caught him a couple times and we went to go put it underneath and we even tried to be sneaky about it. We tried to be upfront about it. Either way, he would stop midstream and he'd be like, nope, I'm done. Aww. And you're like, you. <laughs> Poor guy was so, embarrassed. You can't do that. Yeah. He's like, this is really embarrassing. Go away. This is my private time. Um, so, you know, but 
the one thing that led us to think that, because I mean, we went through, okay, is he sand colicking? You know, we did extra courses of sand clear. We did sand clear with Epsom salts because that's actually supposed to clear it a little bit more. It's not for every horse, so don't do it. We're just saying what we've done per vet recommendation. Um, but apparently Epsom salts, you know, gets everything flowing. It's, um, it's a good blood dilator. So it gets the blood flowing in, in all the areas. Um, but we like, we did all these things and I actually borrowed my friend's nanny cam and stuck it up because it's Wi-Fi, and luckily our barn has Wi-Fi. So I stuck it up in the top of his stall so I could watch him, and then I finally started to watch him because it only happened between 3 and 7 p.m. at night. That was, you know, through the whole day, he was normal. 3 to 7 is when he got uncomfortable, and I guess it's a really common time for horses to empty their bladder. So if he can't empty his bladder, he's getting really uncomfortable. Um, so I set up a nanny cam and I watched it obsessively. Like even my vet was like, you know what? Maybe you should stop watching for a little while. I'm like, I, nope. (laughs) I'm like making notes. I'm like, okay, he laid down because he wanted to lay down, but he wasn't rolling. He wasn't thrashing. And my vet was like, let him lay down. Cause I was like, I would, as soon as he lay down, I get my car and drive back to the barn. And she's like, don't like he's uncomfortable, but he's not rolling. He's not thrashing. Just let him like this is a way of him easing his pain a little bit. And, um, you know, so I like note like he laid down three times last night. He laid down four times last night. Um, But then he started. I was noticing that he was straining to pee like he'd only pee a little bit um, instead of like just one really long pee and then like he'd go back to eating or doing something and then he'd try to pee again. And then, and then if he really couldn't, that's when he started to get really uncomfortable. Um, so, but as soon as I took away the alfalfa, it got loads better. Then we, you know, took away some other things. It got even better. We put him on some supplements that the vet recommended through her, her little practice that they do and everything. And it's slowly getting better. We finally got the urinalysis. We should have the results in two days. Um, so I'll update everyone on that. But she's thinking like crystals or a UTI, something yeah. along those lines. Um, because we oh did ultrasound God. his bladder, and um, which is a whole process. They have to do it rectally. So that's, you know, lovely for him. <laughs> and... Uh, Nothing came up, you know, which is good. You know, there's yeah, no, no water. No, yeah. yeah no no stones and, uh, and things like that. You know, we ultrasounded his kidneys and everything. And there maybe is like a tiny stone in one of his kidneys, but those, they have to pass naturally, which means they have to drink. So we're just really encouraging him to drink, which it seems counterproductive because also if he can't empty his bladder, yeah, but, you're, yeah <laughs> that is that is stressful i can see why yeah. you're <laughs> i'm so stressed I'm like uh but i know i'm not the only one that that is experiencing this which is why i wanted to talk about it yes and yes, yes because we've this, all experienced this we've all experienced seasonal depression but like how do we get out of this uh, for me, it's a neurosis at this point. Like I'm neurotic and I'm, I'm the horse that's weaving in their stalls and <laughs> uh, <laughs> hitting my head against the wall and uh, have a swollen eye. And yeah. 
<laughs> Maybe we just need to find you an alternate obsession. Uh, I should probably take up a hobby. <laughs> take up a hobby. And I, I, that, that literally only just came to me just now because while we were on our road trip over the summer, we spent, I think this one was three weeks long, I think. It was relatively short. But we're on the road in the camper driving from place to place. And I started a new mystery book series and they were really good. And I kind of became obsessed with them in that I would stay up extra late reading them and I would be (laughs) editing sound files. And I'd say, I need to take a break and read for a little while. (laughs) Very similar. So perhaps there's something you can find in your life that literally doesn't matter what it is, as long as it's legal and not unhealthy, <laughs> that you can redirect some of that obsession. Because I've I've noticed that if I've got a really good book to read or listen to, I do both, that makes a big difference for me because then I can I can lose myself in that. I let I let it take my brain over. So for you, you are a very driven businesswoman. So you've got your business and you've got your horses because you have total equi-health, which is in the horse business, but it does not involve any horse hair. Yes. And then you've got your horses, which includes the horse hair as well as the business. So you're being constantly bombarded with these business decisions, which you love. That's why you're good at it. But perhaps finding something that has zero business benefit. It has no benefit at all to any of your business goals that you can become passionate about. For Glenn, for example, he loves to cook. There we go. So when Glenn's stressed out, he wants to go cook some exotic meal. And it works for him, but it has no relation to to work. Yeah. So maybe you can (laughs) find something. Uh, What we would like is on the auditor's page, Everybody hop on. Kayla, your job is to put a post on the auditor's okay. page when this show posts. Uh, what you can, suggestions to help to refocus Kayla's obsessions away <laughs> from anything that involves a horse or her business. Um, backgammon. Glenn was obsessed with backgammon for a while and he got really good at it. He was top 10 in the world, believe it or not. For online backgammon. Who knew? So it could be something completely random. And that's actually one of my tips for you feel like you're in a funk. And I was find something outside the realm. I was thinking about this while I was riding today. And because I was thinking about our episode and what we were going to chat about. And that was actually one of my things was, you know, okay, for me, horses is my business. So I need to find a hobby beyond beyond horses right outside um, horse yep but for a lot of our listeners the horses are their hobby so what do they do when say their horse is on stall rest you know i mean because horses do stupid stupid things um or or th- you know there's something they're not reaching a goal with their horse and they need to maybe redirect i mean there's a ton of things that you can do with your horse that don't involve, you know, the exercise. And maybe because you have a goal that you want to compete at X show and your horse ends up on stall rest. And, but this is a time to also 
do a lot of groundwork with your horse, um, reconnect with it on a different level. Um, or while you're waiting, you're icing your horse because it did a tendon or something like that. You pick up a really good book or a podcast and, uh, and listen to that. And, um, I will say I started surfing, um, on the off season after summer circuit here. And I'm equally obsessed with surfing now. I'm horrible at it. I'd be the equivalent to an up-down lesson. (laughs) (laughs) But even not that, I don't even know that they, I'd still be grooming the horse at this point. (laughs) I wouldn't be allowed in the saddle. But I, I will say, I think that is my new little obsession. I just can't get to the beach quite as often as I would, as I would like. Um, oh, you need to get one of those. It's not the hoverboard. It's the skateboard-like thing that has one giant wheel in the middle. That's a lot like surfing. You need to get one of those. I would break my neck. <laughs> oh, put on your helmet, elbow pads. But it would, it's because it uses the same kind of a, you know, technique as, oh, I want to see you doing that. <laughs> I'll ride it around a black. <laughs> hit all the potholes and go flying. Yeah. <laughs> There's no yeah, potholes at WEC, but, no, there but, are. uh, there are the cobblestone, like the little brick inlays. So the, those would, would give me a run for my money. I'm sure. Uh, but maybe, maybe I should do that. I'll ask for, maybe Santa will bring me one or, or some similar sports equipment yeah. that uses that type of skill set, because obviously you find joy in that, use your core to balance while the earth moves under you, or in this case, the water moves under you. That would be really cool. Well, Very and interesting. I, and I started the Total EquiHealth podcast because, you know, I really enjoy working out and, and things like that. But sometimes, you know, the idea of working out, and this is also falling into the rut, right? Like I, one, because I've been so busy with Total EquiHealth and uh, a few other projects that I'm working on um, and the horses and then Doki trying to off himself. Um, I have fallen into the rut where I'm not working out quite as frequently as I like. But every time I work out, I feel amazing afterwards, even if it's a 15-minute workout. Um, and so it's like convincing yourself that you are going to make the commitment to just work out. Like it doesn't have to be in a gym. You don't have to even have a ton of equipment. But make the decision that, like, I'm going to give myself 15 minutes of, of my day. What And where can I cut 15 minutes of my day? W- you know, can I maybe not scroll through TikTok for 15 minutes? Or maybe I'll do some core exercises on my back while I scroll through TikTok. See? <laughs> you Combining can your obsessions. That's a good thing. <laughs> um, and, you know, because exercise in general releases a lot of endorphins and, and gets your adrenaline pumping and all those good hormones and, and things come, come to light. And so I do think like people that are falling into a seasonal depression, or maybe your horse is on layup and you don't know what to do. Take that time that you would be at the barn and maybe I mean, it sounds redundant because you hear it from everyone, but maybe that's the time that like you go for a walk, go hiking, go, you know, walk up and down your street, go for a run, join the gym. You know, there's so much you could do. A lot of communities have programs available that you can go to 
local shelters and sign up and take the dogs that live in the shelter for a walk. It's not fostering. You don't take the dog home, but you sign up and you become part of their volunteer team and you can go there and you put them on a leash and you take them for a walk. March and March and March. And you know, (laughs) that way you get, you get some pet time. You do something great for the pets in the community and you get exercise all at the same time. If you're one of those people that your exercise needs a purpose. I'm one of those people that cannot bring myself in any consistent way to exercise because it's good for me. Just well, no success. But if I if my exercise has a purpose, like walk the dog, I can do that. Well, and that's a really great point. Even I, who I actually like working out, I I like how I feel after the fact. I don't really like doing it per se, but I like how I feel. I feel very productive afterwards. But I also give myself a goal. I I use a lot of apps on my phone. Um, so there's this app called Verve. It's V-E-R-V. And um, one, I used to use it because they used to have amazing music that you could listen to on the app while working out. They don't do that anymore, but you can run Spotify or whatever app uh, music player you do while doing it. But it gives you workout programs. And they're very simple, anywhere from beginner to advanced. But with a timer... And everything's laid out and they actually have, along with just individual workouts, they have um, like, um, what's the word? Uh, I don't know how to describe it, but like like week long programs. So it's like day one through day seven or it's a whole month or whatever. And you don't have to do it every day, but it tells you when you logged in um, how much, uh, how many exercises you did of the exercise, which I mean, you can cheat and <laughs> scroll through, but, um, but it's, it's a really great way to track. And I'm a very visual person. So like, but I also need someone kind of sitting there, even if it's just a silly app going, okay, so we are going to now do bicycles for 45 seconds. I'm like, all right, we are doing bicycles for 45 seconds on it. Um, but if I was to do it by myself, you know, you feel really lost and especially if you go to the gym, I still use the app even when I'm at the gym. I I kind of, okay, I'm going to go do this machine, this machine, and do these reps. And then I'm going to go into the corner and I'm going to do the app. Um, and because my thought process, like if I was to do it, I'd kind of go, okay, well, I guess I'll do go do this now. I guess I'll go do that where... I like being told what to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, that, that's very interesting because all these things you're talking about, one of the rabbit holes I went down when you told me what our topic would be today, uh, I started looking up goals and learning and things. You are a goal-oriented person versus a process-oriented person. And I tried to look it up a little bit because – a goal-oriented person has that point of view that, like you that your goal is to do the 45 seconds of bicycles. Your goal is to do a workout every day. Your goal mm-hmm. is to um, do 22 sit-ups every morning before coffee versus someone – and everybody is on a spectrum. These are not left and right, black and white. There's a spectrum of them. Someone who is the in the – Whole rainbow. There you go. (laughs) Process oriented. That person wants to learn Tai Chi, wants to practice Mm -hmm. Tai Chi, wants to uh, go for a walk in the woods. 
because they're they're more focused on the experience, yep. the process of learning it versus the person whose goal is to feel better after a workout. So by understanding where you fit on that spectrum, you're just going to make it easier for you to find something that you can stick with and enjoy and find satisfaction in because physical working, doing a physical workout, getting that exercise is great, but you have to balance it with, does it serve you emotionally? For you, don't enjoy the process of working out, but for you, the payoff at the end is what makes it worthwhile, the goal. Someone who doesn't particularly enjoy the workout, but also doesn't particularly get satisfaction from the workout at the end going, yay, me, maybe that traditional workout scheme isn't what's going to be what keeps you out of that rut. Some other physical activity that you can really sink your teeth into is going to be better. Enjoy. make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, or like you said, pick a, pick a new hobby. It's just a very active hobby. (laughs) Well, hiking is a hobby for me. I love to hike. I'm not a hardcore hiker, but, putting on a pair of sturdy shoes and going for a stroll in nature and seeing the scenery. And yeah. And a lot of times I don't even, I don't even necessarily take in a whole lot of the scenery. It's, it's more for me, it's an alone thing. Mm-hmm. I can just be in myself. I don't have to talk to anybody. Nobody has to talk to me. Every, I can just kind of shut the, the universe out because I like to be inside myself that way. Yep. So find those little things and don't be afraid to try it once or twice, something that seems like you would not enjoy it at all. If you had told me 10 years ago that I would enjoy hiking, I would have laughed in your face. <laughs> because I don't know what I, why would I enjoy hiking? I never hiked. I used to run, but that was yep. different. Uh, I never hiked. I never enjoyed walking in the woods and anything like that. We tried it a couple of times after listening to a podcast. <laughs> Glenn and I bought ourselves some inexpensive hiking boots went out for a hike in the boot hike in the woods and we went wait we like this this is fun be open well, be open to strange things that oh, i'm not going to like that yeah give it a try we'll see and that's <laughs> why i like working out actually too is because it's my time and and i'm i answer to a lot of people i answer to my clients i answer to the people i train with um, I answer to customers of Total EquiHealth. You know, there's a lot of of everyone else's time, and so I like setting aside 20 minutes for myself where I'm just black. Like, and my husband yells at me because I blast my music in my my headphones, um, like to the point where I can't hear anything. But it's me just zoning out and kind of uh, doing something that makes me feel good. And and I think a lot of the times we get lost in the fact that we don't give ourselves those times because we are busy. Everyone's busy. Everyone has stuff that they need to do. And my biggest thing was like, you know, give myself 20 minutes and what would I, what else would I be doing with that 20 minutes? I'd probably give myself an excuse to sit on the couch and watch TV, which you can still do. The TV will still be there. And since we mostly operate on streaming services, even your show will still be there. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so do something that makes you feel good, then collapse on the couch. And I've, or, you I've, know. Gotten, I've gotten really good at doing dancer size while watching our TV. <laughs> 
I've gotten really good at that. As a matter of fact, right now I'm doing my, doing my 30,000 steps while we record this because I can put my desk on stand-up mode. That's amazing. uh, It's a, I feel like, oh, what was Richard Simmons? Simmons. I feel like Richard Simmons when I record in standing mode because (laughs) my arms are going and my feet are going and I'm swinging. (laughs) And you're like one, two, three, four. I'm doing. Knees I'm high, doing knees that high, exactly. Knees high. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things. What would I be doing? I'm I'm not one who works out for the sake of working out. Yep. But I need to stand to record for my health because sitting is painful and bad. Well, and so, I, okay. I have to I have to stand here. How can I make standing here better? Oh well, I can I can go from foot to foot. Oh, I can do that little dance thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I also thought about the other day, I used to, as a kid, love rollerblading. And oh, I was yeah. like, I should take up rollerblading. Except for, I also fell a lot when I was a kid. So, like, I don't know that I could handle falling quite I, If I remember right, you can get uh, baby beginner rollerblades that it's harder to fall down because the wheels have, Are, like, little brakes on them. Yeah. Check into the baby beginner size. And you're tiny, so they probably make it in your size. Because <laughs> they're child size. Because they're child size. I used, oh, yeah. We used to roller skate a lot, too. And I fell on my butt yeah, a lot. Yeah. But I loved it. And, like you know, there's things that we kind of uh, forget about. But actually, what reminded me of that was actually there's an older lady on TikTok that just started rollerblading. And, you know, she videos herself rollerblading and, and stuff like that. And it looks like she's having so much fun. And then um, somebody was like, what are you doing? Like on her video. And she's like, I'm rollerblading. I'm having fun. And I'm exercising at the same time. And like, you know, I'm, I'm not sitting around letting myself get stagnant. Because we are, we are made to move. You know, yes, it's, we, are. we are supposed to move. We're not That's a plant. Right. Um, <laughs> we are not. I saw that. To. I saw that meme today. Yes. <laughs> I, I was like, I think I shared it a bunch of times. Yes. So I was like, this, this. We are not made to sit around. We are made to to move, and um, and so we should move. I mean, which is why we ride horses, which is why we we go out to the barn. But when when the weather turns and like a lot of the northern people can't ride because the ground gets frozen, it's muddy. Um, you know, the conditions aren't well. Like, what else can we do? There's other things. Like, there's well, one there's groundwork that you can do with the horses. It doesn't. Can require. Can I say the words ground driving? Yes. Everyone should try it. One of the people things people don't realize when you learn to ground drive, when left to his own devices, your horse walks faster than you do. So when you ground drive them, they walk at regular horse pace, which is considerably faster than regular people <laughs> pace. So you get way more exercise than if you were just walking your horse. Just well, putting that out there. And I found that out because that's actually how I st- start a lot of my babies is so I do a lot of groundwork from the side and everything. And then right before I get on them, I basically teach them how to steer from behind them. Mm -hmm. And you get a couple babies that they like, (laughs) they're marching and you're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. My heart is beating so fast. Slow down. Please slow down. And they also don't know how to steer. So you're like, Mm -hmm. um, mildly teaching of that at the same time, yeah. but, um, it was a great workout. Oh, I had to, 20 minutes of ground driving your horse <sighs> in a turf field or on a trail or in an arena. And also when you're walking in arena footing, it's harder than walking on a sidewalk. Yes. Y- you get yourself a little bit of a workout. Absolutely. Yeah, there's resistance there. And, yeah. uh, 
So it's resistance training and cardio all at the same time. And you have to be using your brain. Yeah. Because the horse doesn't have any idea where you want him to go because he's got no aids up top and he doesn't have your body. Because even if you're not giving him any aids, when you're sitting on his back, he can kind of read your body language from up there. He can't really do that while you're on the ground. So you have to pay attention. So you have to you use your brain a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's the thing, like people don't, un- don't really think about it. Um, but if you think something and you're on your horse, your body automatically kind of does like, cause it's a muscle memory. So like, if you think slow down, a lot of the times your horse hears you, it, they may ignore you, but they did hear you. <laughs> um, so that's my favorite, uh, that's my favorite kind of horse is the one that <laughs> by the time I say to myself, we're about to trot, we're trotting already. My favorite yeah. kind of horse. Yeah. I love that. They're totally in tune with you and, and in tune with your body. And, and I mean, that's, you know, I think trot and, you know, a lot of my horses will trot. And then sometimes I'm thinking like, oh, I'm going to think trot. And my horse is like, yep, I'm on it. I'm like, not yeah, yet. You gotta be careful. <laughs> you gotta be careful. Not yet. <laughs> um, but but that, just, you know. that just tells you how you have to stay in the moment as a rider. You can't be thinking to yourself, we're about to trot. You have yeah. to be right here, right now, this second. Yeah. Yeah. Day. Stay uh, thinking, stay assessing. That's what I tell tell my riders all the time. Is we also we react a lot of the times instead of staying present. So we react because we kind of get into this mode of riding, and we're like la da 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 da, and then all of a sudden we're reacting to all of those those things. Where if we kind of stay in the moment, stay present, it it gives the horse a, a clear message as well. And I think that that's kind of in life too, we kind of get in this mode. We go, I get, I get up, I brush my teeth. I wash my face. I make coffee. Uh, I do this and that, and then I'm out the door where if I was a little more present, I would still be doing all of those things, but I might actually one, do them quicker to enjoy the process a little bit more, you know, enjoy waking up. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I don't even like doing that. I'm like, it's still dark outside. I don't want to get up. so uh but it's just changing your mindset too and and you know i wanted to touch base real quick i know we're just babbling and people have probably already tuned out on us they're like yeah okay ladies um but also the the fear of of not achieving a goal or the fear of you know you you're at a competition and uh, you get that anxiety right before you go in the ring and and stuff like that. And I wanted to to talk a little bit about like, you know, handling those nerves or like you're walking into a big meeting with uh, executives and you have to do a pitch or something like that. And like you've experienced that, Jen, how do you control your nerves? How do I control my nerves? Yeah. Hmm. Because that's a rut. I mean, that can send yes. you into a rut. It's a, it can. For me, because I am process-oriented, I am an over-preparer. Everything has to be thought through in advance because that's where my worry comes from. I have to think of all the potential scenarios and have a plan, at least in my head, for what they're going to be. And then I get done with all of that and I have to set myself a time limit. For example... Um, my ride is on Sunday at 9.15 a.m. 
Okay, when I get on my horse for my warm-up, all of those plans have now officially been trashed. <laughs> because I have to be completely present in the moment and do exactly what the horse needs this very second. And all of those plans mean nothing now. And I've learned that the hard way over many long years of failure. Because I'm a planner, I want to be married to my plans. And I figure, well, I can't be married to my plans because I have all of them. I have all the plans. I have so many. No, because there's no such thing as all of them. Yep. So if you're process-oriented like I am, for me, it's letting go. I've done all the preparing I can do. There is no more preparing. It's official now. Prepar- preparation is done. That, that famous, um, you... In the war, you can't you can't train your horse in the warm up ring. Do all of your training at home. Once you get to the warm up ring, you ride the horse you've got. And I have to put my brain in that spot that I have to ride the horse I've got, and whatever happens happens. Do what's best for the horse in that very very second. And what would happen to me is I would get all keyed up because I have all my plans, and then stuff would start to happen that I didn't have a plan for. <laughs> And then I would, you know, I would in, inevitably it would be a, a giant failure. So for me, that's probably what it is. Plan, 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 and then set a deadline. Yep. And te- teach yourself to stop planning at that point and set it all aside. And for what made me finally get better at that uh, was the competition that was creating the nervousness was so simple. It was 32 levels below what I was used to riding at. But it was a big challenge for the horse at hand. Right. So there was that challenge there. But for me, it was a case of, hello. <laughs> it was super, super, super easy. So don't be afraid to really step out. If you're doing the three-foot hunters and you get nervous, 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 and you figure out that, oh, because I'm constantly planning and trying to anticipate the problem, Maybe drop way, 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 way back a couple of times at some putt-putt schooling show and see if you can't let go of that planning and see if you can't get a brilliant ride because there's no need to plan. I'm doing two-foot cross rails. I don't need to plan anything. This is two-foot cross rails. But because I don't have to plan and because I don't have to anticipate what may or may not go wrong, I can ride the horse I have in this exact moment and you may find yourself creating that two-foot cross rail round the ride that you think that you can have in the three foot division. Well, you did it. So now you can obviously replicate that work your way back up. And I mean, and mine, I'm going to even oversimplify that, but it's, it's very similar. Um, So I'm going to be really candid with our listeners for a minute and get, get really real here. So about seven or eight years ago, I, I don't know what my brain did, but it decided that I could no longer jump and I was terrified to jump a two foot vertical. Could not do it. Would canter up to it and freeze. And then it like to the point where like cross rails were, were terrifying. Okay. Now uh, it took me a minute. I had to find the, the right trainers um, and everything. It wasn't a lack of ability. I, I had the ability, but my brain just somehow just went kaplit. And like, what did I like? I was like, I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Should I be riding dressage? I don't really personally don't really want to do that. Um, <laughs> I really want to be jumping these jumps. Um, 
And I had a trainer turn to me and say, like, you have all the ability in the world, but, and it's very common, it's human nature, we, we have a balance. We have a care and not care balance. We, and a lot of us lean towards the we care too much. You know, we care so much about something that then we get in our own way. And I had to basically train my brain to not care. And I mean, I had to convince myself that I didn't care in, I was always going to care. So, you know, that that's not the issue, but I had to tell myself every time before I picked up canner to go to that jump, I would have a checklist and I would take my checklist and, and it would have things like, okay, I'm going to put my leg forward, put my heels down, make sure my chin's up, my eyes up, whatever, have my plan. And like, I would say my plan over and over in my head of like how I was going to ride the course. Obviously that's going to change as we adapt and we stay present on course because we are human and we are, we make mistakes or things just happen. Um, but I would check my balance. So I would check where my anxiety level was and I go, okay. And I would actually picture myself, picture a switch flipping off, turned it off. Don't care. I'm going to go out. I'm going to stay present. I'm going to ride my course. And then over time, it was not easy over time. I did it more and more. And then I had to also realize that then what used to be my anxiety level and how that felt would go down and down. And that was my new anxiety level. So I had to actually keep recognizing that. Oh, interesting. Because, because what felt normal. Okay. So now I feel normal. I feel like I don't care. That was actually my anxiety level. And so then I had to go, okay, so now that I have to take that down four more notches and to the point now, and you have to also, I tell myself now when I walk in the ring, I'm making the decision to nail it because I was all my, always my own worst enemy. Like I knew what I needed to do, but I would sit there and go, uh, and it was like my brain went, you know, and you just feel like everything's happening at a million miles per minute. You know what you need to do, but you're not allowing yourself to stay present. So I would basically make the decision. I And I would tell myself this, I have made the decision that I'm going to nail it. And then that would at least allow me to stay present. So when I didn't nail it, I knew what to do to. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> interesting too, that if, because if you weren't present, you wouldn't be able to look back on the round and say to yourself, this is something I felt happen. I saw happen. I was aware of it. I was engaged. Yeah. I can work towards changing that or improving and that I will or eliminating now- it make the decision to not do that again. (laughs) Like, you know, at least I know what happened and I didn't completely black out. (laughs) And I'm now making the decision to change that, you know? Um, And I mean, and that's what worked for me. It's not going to work for everyone else. I even talked to some sports psychologists and things like that. And, and what works for me is making the list, checking my balance and like, and, and it starts with a breathing exercise, actually. And I didn't realize I was doing it, but like, because I would give myself 10 seconds and, and I had to put a time limit on it because otherwise, if you do it too long, you're actually hike, you're psyching yourself yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. You're like, ah, so I would go, okay, I got 10 seconds and checking my balance, made the decision to not care. 
and this is my checklist, go through my checklist. Okay. And then I, and I, I mean, I still do it. I'll walk in the ring or as I'm walking down in the ring, I will go over my course and I will say all the numbers in all the lines. Okay. So that's a seven to a five to a one. And then that's off my eye to that one, roll back around to a six to a, you know, whatever the numbers are. And I will, you know, go over again, probably say that twice. And then I walk in the ring and okay, make the decision to start off with the right base pace and off I go. And I mean, and that's how my brain, because again, my brain's very goal oriented, as you've pointed out. And so like my goal is to stay present and to not let my anxiety get the better of me. And once I was able to basically put it, everything in their own little compartments, I was able to stay assessing and stay present enough during my ride instead of my brain feeling like it was a box of marbles rolling around and then one marble would roll out my ear and, oh, well, lost that marble. Um, <laughs> off I go. Woohoo. Um, but, but it, it took, it took me, you know, being in a really heightened state of anxiety with riding and nothing happened to me. It wasn't like I had a bad crash, you know, it wasn't like, you know, my horse did something or anything like that. It was just like one day I was just like, I don't think I know how to ride anymore. And, it took my the one coach you know talking about that and then some other really good coaches reiterating that and like pounding it into my head and you know and now i mean i never thought i would jump a grand prix and that's that is all to doki's credit like if if it was a different horse maybe i wouldn't be doing that because he's <laughs> he's just incredible but um but then that also has helped me bring my young horse along and hopefully he'll be doing grand prix when he's ready and and things like that but i think it's it's a very true topic that most people can relate to that we all feel anxiety when we're putting pressure on ourselves to if it's to compete or it's to learn something new on our horse um ride a different horse like a lot of people get nervous to ride different horses i remember when i was a kid i would get really nervous getting on my friends horses because i didn't know what they were gonna do um and and things like that and that's something that we all experience but it's like teaching your brain because your brain's a muscle too and and it gets fatigued and it does weird things when it's tired that you're like why did i even do that why did i um you know react that way and it's because it also recognizing that your brain gets tired like i also train differently now no understanding that my brain's a muscle and i don't just train 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 i train take a break let my brain kind of get back train take a break. And then if it starts to feel really fatigued, we're done for the day. We'll yeah. come back out tomorrow. Yeah. And, um, and it's just being really conscious. Cause like then if your brain's just as fit as the rest of your body is, I mean, then you're, you're on it. You're ready to rock and roll. There you go. And sometimes and your brain needs to be fitter than your body. <laughs> yeah. And it, if you have some, if you have some time to go down a rabbit hole, fun rabbit hole to go down is um, different types of brain training because yes. diff different brain skill sets require different activities. Um, one of the exercises that Dan 
Stewart does mm-hmm. a lot where you don't know what the course is. You're just out there gout cantering around and he just tells you which jump to do next. Yep. Or he, he gives you a course and you have to go do it 30 seconds later. There's lots of exercises that work that, that part of your brain in every aspect of life, but look up things like brain games and, and things like that and find different ways to exercise your brain because you might find that doing some of those exercises will help you find the root cause of your funk. Yep. Because sometimes it's it's part of your brain that's not getting exercise and you don't realize it's not getting exercise. The uh, the most fun the exercise that my stepmom used to uh, set up when I was a kid, it would be like a, a grid and then there were two jumps on a bending, I don't know how many steps it was, but uh, a bending line left or right. And then in the air over the second part of the grid, right before you land, she'd say left, right, and you'd have to, so you never knew where you were going. Mm-hmm. And it was just so much fun. And, yeah. and uh, you, can, you can do that with all kinds of different riding. Yeah. Whether yeah. you can be a, a jumper, a trail rider, a dressage rider, Western pleasure rider, find ways where you can exercise the part of your brain that has to make a snap decision. And that's part one. The second part of that exercise is get good at that and now refine the skills that you're applying to your horse while you do that. Because when you first started doing that exercise, you probably landed and you were landing and she said left. You made the left turn and you got over the jump, but it weren't pretty. But it wasn't pretty. Or I turn right because I don't know my left and right very well. After you get consistently good at making the correct turn, you make the decision. (laughs) Then you take the next step of improving your skills as you do that. Okay, I'm going to make that left turn, but I make the left turn and I'm going to do the related distance to do to boot. Yep. You get really good at that. Now I'm going to make the left turn, do the related distance and then we're going to add another element that I have to do something similar. So you can keep expanding those exercises. That's called that's called um forward chaining, by the way. Forward chaining. I like forward it. chaining. When you up take things like that versus well, some other some other show remind me. We'll talk about about backward chaining, which is a little not quite the reverse, but close. Oh, but forward chaining, where you at you learn the first skill set first, and yeah. you work your way up. So there we go. I think we've babbled a long time. Oh my gosh, we remind everybody where they can find Total EquiHealth and what the special is this month and how to get it. So Total EquiHealth www.totaleqiehealth.com. They're on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, they do have a TikTok and uh, their website. And w- check out the Funky Unicorn treats. Um, they're in the barn and home section where all of our treats are. And use HRN to get 10% off. You can find me at Kayla Benny, B-E-N-N-E-Y. Selkuth Sport Horses is my horsey business page on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I also have a really silly TikTok. Um, Some of the auditors know uh, they have found me. And uh, we're there. We're having a good time. All right. Well, you will be back which day of next month? I will. Well, actually... (laughs) going to throw you for a loop Jen (laughs) next next uh is close to Christmas so we might be oh we might uh, a different day spot again (laughs) we might be in a different spot again we might be in a different spot 
But um, typically I'm every fourth Thursday of the month and uh, hopefully we'll have Emily back next time as long as the holidays don't get in the way. And and you can find the links to today's guests and show notes at horsesinthemorning.com. You can follow Horses in the Morning on Facebook. Just search for Horses in the Morning and you can have all of the Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go on our free app uh, for iPhone and Android, go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. Thank you again to Total Equa Health for sponsoring this podcast. And remember, riding like life doesn't need to be perfect to be wonderful. Give your horse a pat after every ride. Thank you.